0: Hey everybody, welcome back to our third week of talking with Matthew and Linda. Um, it's been fun talking to you guys. It's been fun catching up. Uh, Matthew, Linda, and myself, we, we get to see each other at some of RYM's conferences, our Youth leader Training Conference, as well as our Summer Youth Conferences. And so it's great to be able to connect, even though it is via Skype, and even though uh, the voice is kind of cut out a little bit, which, Linda, are you still there? <laughs> I am all right. So um, hopefully, Linda will be able to to stick it out with this uh, conversation as we're going to be talking about technology today. Uh, we know that can be a very broad topic, but I think as we just say technology, and we're thinking of youth ministry, we're thinking smartphones, we're thinking social media platforms, video games, uh, YouTube. That kind of be the the issues we're going to be talking about. Uh, So, I guess uh, to begin, you know, we we talk about technology addiction, Uh, that that word can be thrown around a lot and I do think it's it's accurate um, as we talk about, you know, behavioral addictions. Um, We know that there's a spectrum as we're talking about, addiction for sure. Um, And so I do think, you know, there needs to be some caution with just throwing that word around because we can just use it a lot, but I, I would say it's accurate. Um, and so, Matthew, Linda, uh, what are what are you guys dealing with in your uh, ministries? What what are some issues you're seeing students wrestle with, struggle with? Um, yeah, just let, let's start there. Not for everybody me, at once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, you know, for me, I love the way you opened up on that, John, because. I always have a really hard time drawing a line between what would be potentially an addictive behavior and what's just sort of normal behavior culturally now. Um, you know, cause cause you can say, well, how would a technology addiction identify itself or, or manifest itself with somebody who's, you know, not capable of putting down a phone or not of being away from a computer or, but just the way we live our lives now, everybody has a piece of technology with them on them all the time i mean even in my work i mean i've obviously always carry my phone social media is a part of what i do i'm on my computer a lot i mean television and so i think i think just understanding what is a normal uh what's a normal relationship with technology look like now versus an abusive or unhealthy relationship with technology. I mean, it, trying to define that I think is, is a, a hard work in and of itself. Hmm.
0: That, that's really good. And let, let's come back to that. Try to define that a little bit more, but Linda, what, what are your thoughts on, on that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing students who um, I can see them just incessantly using their phones and, and the way that they, you just watch some of the things that they post on Instagram um, and notice that they're looking for um, attention or they're bored and that's the way they deal with their boredom and and things like that um, and I, I just think about how they I don't think they have any idea how the the phones and the apps and Netflix and YouTube are literally like they're designed for addiction um, the the people who are making those want you to keep using them. Um, and so we, we see that in students that they, they just become hooked on it. Um, and, and they, they don't like it when we, you know, make them not have their devices on trips and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's changing the way that they, uh, they think and how they use their time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and like I said, I want to come back to the question of, you know, what is a healthy relationship with a smartphone? Because uh, it is somewhat of a necessity, you know, for just daily living. Um, But, you know, trying to think specifically now, how do we as youth workers interact with the parents and the students and their use of of smartphones? And I'll I'll share this experience that I had. Uh, In youth ministry, this was several years ago, Um, you know, as, as smartphones began to just you know, take off and uh students were texting each other more and then social um uh, media um platforms, sorry, I could not think of the word, social media platforms were starting to it's it's getting to be that time in the afternoon, by the way, guys. Uh <laughs> um so social media platforms were were beginning to take off. We just noticed students were walking into the youth room and looking at their devices and not looking at each other. I mean it's the the realization all of us as youth workers were were coming to when when okay students are not coming to church to fellowship with each other they're just staring at the screen and so we created a um, electronic device policy and so we we put this together we had the youth committee um, comprised of parents uh, you know see this. Uh, policy. They signed off on it. We actually ended up showing it to our session. They all approved it. And so we put this in place. And so one of those uh, aspects of the policy was that students were not allowed to take devices on weekend trips, you know, on week-long trips. We made some exceptions, all that stuff, but weekend trips. And so I had a parent who got extremely angry about this. And pushed back uh, big time on it even though this parent knew that um, the youth committee approved this and that the elders were behind it and so this parent kind of went behind and talked to some elders and just tried to get this kind of thrown out and um, you know trying to be somewhat generic in how I discuss this but to say look there are issues that um, you know parents now see okay their student's must have this device so they can get in touch with their students 24-7. And so just asking you guys, how is this more of an issue with your parents? Uh, And, of course, we know the students are connected to these devices and their parents on the other end. But what are some of the struggles that you're seeing when it comes to parents in this?
2: Yeah, I think that the, the parents want their students to have the phones because it's that, it's that kind of safety thing of what if the student needs to get in touch with me? Um, and on, on our like fall retreat weekend retreat, we don't let the students have cell phones at all. Um, in fact, we we do these like team competitions there, and we say if we find you with a device, we will detract points from your team, so that they are not incentivized to <laughs> even hide it from very us. Nice. That's very nice. That's for <laughs> junior hires, you know, um, <laughs> threaten that they're going to lose. So um, yeah, they. It, with with the parents, it's it's like we've had to talk them through, like, you can get in touch with us. Um, and There's never a time that the student's not going to be with one of us, you know, like, it, it would have to be like a really crazy um, catastrophe situation where all of the leaders are incapacitated that, that the student having a cell phone instead of me having a cell phone would be more helpful. And so I think it's just giving giving the student, or sorry, the parents, those, those reassurances of, of we do have your child's safety in mind. Um, and we do want to be reachable. And so here's the ways to, to do those things. Cause that, I mean, those are things that, that it makes sense for a parent to care care about. Um, they should care about the safety of their child and whether or not they can get in, in touch with them if something comes up. So there's not an issue with that. Um, it's just, let's, let's support it in a way that doesn't allow technology to get too much in the way.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's interesting because again, we just live in a world where everybody's connected with everybody all the time. I mean, I'm only 34, but I remember getting my first cell phone as a teenager and how sort of weird that idea was that at any point, you know, my mom or dad or my sister could like reach out to me and tell me to bring a gallon of milk home or, You know, to, to, and and I mean, it sounds a little weird, something like an old man telling stories. But like, I remember sending my very first text message, you know, I was laying on a bed in a hotel room and sent a text message to my sister, like across the room. Do
0: do you remember what it said, by the way? You don't have to disclose that. I'm just curious.
1: I mean, we we were both kind of like, what is this? What do you do with this? And of course, you had to tap the phone like a thousand times to put in three letters,
0: right?
1: (laughs) Um, But... You know, I think it's this idea of we just are always connected, and so taking people away from that, or taking that away from people, rather, I mean, that that just feels very foreign, Um you know, kind of part of my story is I came up through years of camp ministry. And one of the things that people much older and wiser than myself used to say is, you know, when you bring people to camp, you really can't take them more than one step back from their everyday lives. Hmm. So if you're dealing with, like, suburbanites who who have every, you know, advantage and opportunity in the world, you can't take them in the middle of nowhere and make them, like, go kill their own food and cook it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not going to be a positive experience. So... Yeah, I think, you know, learning where we can draw lines and where we can I think explain what what benefits we're pursuing through that that and I think Linda said this earlier, we're not trying to hurt your your children or even hurt your relationship with your children. We're actually trying to pursue, you know, these benefits through this means um, of, you know, being all together as a church family during this time of having our eyes on the people in front of us and not the people away from us. Um, and I think if I want to be real honest of being focused, you know, not on my own joy as much as the joy of other people during this time. Um, so that's, that's kind of weird. I would go with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is, you know, we, we always have to be careful I've just kind of we can come across and start bashing these devices that we need to see. OK, they are smartphones are very helpful and are a, sincerely, I mean, this, sincerely a grace from God. That can be a good thing. Um, you know, one of those blessings is it does allow us to get in touch with, you know, in this case, parents getting in touch with children's children in an easier way. Um, but what what it's done is it has fostered a false sense of security that there's, I don't know, parents feel like their children are safer when they have this device with them. And what we've got to be reminded of is, you know, God is enthroned. He He is sovereign. He is reigning and ruling. And if your child has a phone in their hand or not, that doesn't change things. You know, they're not necessarily more safe or less safe. I mean, it's just, you know, oftentimes when I leave my house on uh, a, a trip or something my, my children are you know talking to me and just sad that i'm leaving I'm, I'm i can realize you know what I, I feel like they're safer when when i'm at home and i've got to be around my, my heavenly father is still sovereign he's still reigning he's still ruling and so um anyway it's just interesting how it can create this false sense of security and can feed this idol of of um security safety that we as parents naturally have and it's understandable but we also have to be cautious of how it can negatively impact us and, and one specific area I did want to bring up I mean this is one thing we communicated to our parents is just the issue of pornography we know that we are always uh, having to to deal with this uh, because smartphones I mean it's all over every single app that is out there um, but as we were telling parents kind of what we were trying to do as a ministry to protect students. Uh, it was this, it was, you know, when I take 80, 90 youth on a fall retreat, I cannot keep up with 80 or 90 smartphones and what they're all looking at and what they're sharing. I mean, we know sexting is uh, very common. And so uh, just, just talk to me a little bit about that, about some of what you guys have dealt with, uh, just in this area of, you know, sexting, pornography, students dealing with this, parents coming to talk to you. I'd love to hear you guys react to that.
1: I I think for me, you know, John, as you think about it, I kind of want to tie two ideas that you just mentioned together because we, and by that I mean any person, we make a real mistake when we assume that the piece of technology is actually the problem. Um, you know, you just said maybe a parent wants a child to have his or her phone because there's like this this sense of security there. And and you kind of leaned into this idea. Well, maybe that sense of security is coming from a lack of faith in the sovereignty of God. That's 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 possible. Right. And I, I would take it a step further. Maybe that that idea of security is actually a control issue on the part of a parent. If I can get in contact with him or her. I'm ultimately in control of this situation. That, that's, just a, that's just a heart problem, evidencing itself through technology. And I think when we start going down the road of, of talking about things like sexting or pornography, again, a, a smartphone is not going to be the real issue. The hearts of the individuals involved are, are the real issue. And so that's not to say we don't need to, to put some real safeguards in place or be realistic about what's available and how easily that content is available um, through technology now. But I do think we have to come back to understanding who people are and what's actually happening in the life of an adolescent who is pursuing these kinds of materials on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah.
2: Awesome. I think that that's a huge part of of what I think through when it comes to um, technology issues too is we we talk about safeguards and safeguards are definitely helpful um, for helping kids to not get addicted and to make sure they have space in their life to cultivate all these other things um, that they should be cultivating instead of just an addiction to technology. Um, But ultimately it, it comes down to the, the danger is not primarily what's out there. The danger is primarily what's in here in our hearts. And, and we need to be feeding students, um, a better narrative than the one that they're getting from the culture and from technology, um, the gospel narrative. Um, and I guess to, to, um, bring this back around to that topic of, of pornography, um, you know, it is something that um, is increasingly common for girls, and so I have dealt with it some um, in ministry, and, and and it's just pornography now is something that seeks you out instead of you having to seek it out, and so it's something you really actually have to take measures in order to avoid. Um, and even when you take those measures to avoid it, um, it still is likely going to find our students, and so I. Um, We need to be having conversations with with students and with parents and encouraging parents to make sure they're talking about it in the home and talk about not just how to avoid it, but what happens when you come across it and and what happens after you give in to looking at it. Um, Make yourself a safe place for the students to go when they have failed in this area.
0: Yeah, that's. Very good advice, and that's something I know we've said on this podcast plenty of times, but but it is, it's just something, a message we need to continue to repeat of encouraging parents to talk about this issue at at a younger age and and to really, I mean, just give a healthy biblical understanding of sex at a young age um, because, you know, it is something God invented. (laughs) You know, it's not this nasty, perverted thing that's out there. The world has taken it and poisoned it and and perverted it, uh, but it's something God has has made that, that is good. And, and, you know, as we give that healthy biblical sexuality to our students and then uh, when they are exposed, not if it is when they are exposed, um, what well, we've, we've got to be having these, these conversations with them. So uh, Matthew and Linda, I, I know, I mean, pornography is a big issue among males and females uh, in you know, younger and younger ages, but, but what are some other issues you guys are, are seeing and dealing with in your ministries when it comes to again not just students and technology but also also parents it could be either one
1: um i I think you know from my perspective um with parents in particular there's kind of two things that are often intertwined or you know one would be just fear of of technology fear of what is out there and so it's sort of uh you know, kind of a, a a character of like, let's just shut it all out. Let's keep that thing out there as long as we can. Let's, you know, not give them a phone until they're 21. Let's, you know, try to, you know, put all of these safeguards and all. And I, I appreciate, I think a lot of where that's coming from, but that's also a really naive approach to 21st century American life. Um, because, I mean, <laughs> the kid sitting beside your child on the school bus has got a smartphone and can show him or her whatever. I mean, it, y- your kids are going to get what they want in the ways that they want it. And so coming back to shepherding the heart of, of opening you know, healthy lines of communication, even if you choose not for your child to have a smartphone, um, of just you know helping prepare him or her for the ways that you know, all all kinds of things will present themselves. So, you know, kind of this, this idea of, of, of ignorance and, and kind of the fear that goes along with that, I think is, is an important thing to kind of speak into. Um, and, you know, I, I think too, on the ignorance perspective, it's, you know, I, I want to say, I think it's important (laughs) That, that parents actually know what's available and, and and that they are sort of leading in that conversation not only when it comes to things like pornography or sex or um, you know identity issues, my gosh that get wrapped up in things like social media but just knowing what's out there in terms of technology um, and how things can, can be accessed and, and preparing their students for those interactions. Um, preparing their own children for those interactions. You know, I think about, you know, a parent who maybe gets their, their their kid a dog for Christmas. It's entirely unlikely that a parent would just throw a dog in their son or daughter's room and say, you know, good luck. Or, you know, they get them a bike for their birthday. You don't just kick the kid out the back door and say, hope you figure it out, you know, son or, or daughter you're walking your child through that process, right, of knowing how to make good decisions. But I think so often we do just throw an iPad or a smartphone at a child and say, good luck. And I think that's a really dangerous um, pattern of behavior um, because it doesn't showcase, you know, an active um, shepherding and an active intentional process on the part of a parent.
2: Yeah yeah I think those are those are a lot of things we see with um with parents. you know they're they're asking in different ways, like how do I navigate this whole technology thing um, with my children and and how do I make them not be so uh, wrapped up in their phone at home and and just different things like that? and I think our our church had um, sort of a four-week series on technology about a year ago that I, I got to be sort of a voice in that on behalf of the youth ministry.
0: So, Matthew, we lost Linda again. Um, she'll, she'll be back, I'm sure. She's going to come back in. <laughs> in just I hope a so. uh, Matthew, one point I wanted to say on this, I mean, it's something you and Linda are both— saying but to encourage the youth workers out there this is an area where youth workers can be very valuable to parents that Mm -hmm. i found that parents were often looking to me to educate them on technology and on you know on the the new social media platforms the new devices on concerns and things like that and that's where i felt like there was more of a partnership and where i had more confidence to you know, educate parents on this um, because typically, you know, technology is kind of aimed at younger generations. That you know, the students are always one, two, twenty steps ahead of the parents. You know, on this kind of stuff. And so, since the youth workers are a little less removed from the youth culture, they are a little more in the know on this stuff. And and I think parents are are much more willing to listen about this topic than they are even on some other ones. And so that's where I would encourage youth workers to step up and to help encourage parents, educate parents in this area and, and not feeling intimidated by it. So that's just one thing I wanted to to chime in and say, Linda, are you back? Can we hear you?
2: Can you hear me now?
0: Yes. Yeah. So going in, you were, you were talking about uh, the four week series that y'all did on technology and how you played a part in that.
2: Yeah. Um, so I, I got to give a little bit of a perspective from a from a youth worker, you know, there and, and just encouraging parents, kind of like what we were just talking about, that we need safeguards, but we also really need to keep feeding them that better narrative. They the the only way they're not going to find ways around their parents' safeguards is if they have a stronger affection for Jesus than for whatever this other thing is that they are um, chasing through technology um, you know that the kids are going to be smarter than their parents in terms of how to get around all these little things that the parents can set up on their smartphones and stuff like they, there's always a way around it. I've seen kids get so creative and um, how to get around the things that their parents set up but if, if they have a stronger love for Jesus than whatever idols they are chasing through technology that's what's going to actually change their behavior um, and so that is what we need to keep pointing them towards.
0: Yeah, that, that's excellent. Because like you said, the, you know, the um, firewalls, the the ways in which we can block certain things, the filters on the computer, everything, those can be helpful at times, but they're not getting down to the hard issues uh, that, you know, if the child is still trying to find this stuff out there, what whatever it is. And the the firewalls stopping them, uh, then you're they're still pursuing it. They're still desiring it. And so to get down to the heart is important. Uh, Matthew, Linda, I know we're about to wrap this up soon. Any other areas you guys would like to to discuss? Hit on any comments you want to make uh, on this this topic of technology before we start to wrap this up.
2: Um, I think that. One of the things we see a lot with technology and students is that they they have relationships that are mediated over technology um, more than they have face to face relationships. A lot of the times, so, you know, they they break up with each other via text message or they have friends they've made through these online video games and all this stuff. And um, I think that's that's one of the ways that that putting in kind of these restrictions for the students can be helpful because if we limit the time they can spend on technology I think they have to find other ways to occupy their time and if we help them with that time foster real fellowship
0: I think she was saying foster real fellowship and then it cut out right when she said that but I'm glad she yeah she's bringing that up I mean that's Uh, something you know i know um gene twangy we've talked about her so much on this podcast of just students who are just staying at home staying in their rooms and not really interacting with um, actual humans in their life so linda i think that's kind of the essence some of what you were saying i don't know if you're back at all yeah okay (laughs) i'm I'm sorry uh you know (laughs)
2: Um, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to get at. You pretty much finished my thought. I, I want their face-to-face relationships to make what they get through technology pale in comparison. You know, so real real Christian fellowship in their life. Let's help them foster that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a very important thing to bring up. And like you said, just putting restrictions on that is actually going to force them uh, to have that face-to-face interaction that's so important. Um, Matthew, anything you want to add as we close? I know you were going to give an encouragement to parents and youth workers but anything other than that
1: um you know i I think it's important to remember that you know the, the heart the heart pursues what it really wants and what linda was saying is so true that that we want students ultimately who are more in love with jesus than anything else and you know kind of Through that, then be able to filter everything else that comes their way and and really shouts for an audience in their lives, um, whether that's through technology or through some other means. Um, And I think, you know, trying to bring them back to that and even be that explicit in the way that you are applying any particular scripture To to students to be able to to drive it to things that are that black and white, that concrete in their lives, I think is important. Um, You know, because I think we can get ourselves into trouble when we start thinking about, you know, well, having a deep affection for Jesus equals this, but we leave off the things that are actually taking place in their lives day by day. Um, Or, you know, understanding the love of Jesus looks like this. And, And again, just making it as practical as. You know, understanding the love of Jesus means that that we can forego this kind of interaction through a smartphone, and that's that's a good thing. That's a blessing. Uh, that's a that's a benefit. And that's a help. Um,
0: good. I was about to jump in. I, it looked like you were about to say something else. So, <laughs> no, that, that, that's helpful, um, Matthew, Linda, uh, thank you so much for taking time out. You guys have. Uh, a lot on your plates. You're, you're uh, serving students in your local congregations. And so to take the time out and serve the broader kingdom, serve the ministry of RYM, uh, we really appreciate that. So thanks so much for your time.
2: Yeah, glad to do it.
0: All right. And thanks to all those who are tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week and we will be continuing this theme of uh, partnering with the parents in student ministry. Have a good day. money oh come and feast without